It always cracks me up when I people are that's... like, uh, this is episode 102 of Small Wonder. It was directed by John Jones, story written by Tom Smith and Jack Johnson. And uh, fun fact, the director actually wrote episodes four and five of season three. I was like, a fun fact. Yeah. Fun yeah. fact. Uh, the director of this episode is also a known rapist. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is a plumbus among us, the Rickest Rick and Morty podcast. My name is Brian, and with me, as always, is my hetero life mate, Jeff. Jeff, how are you doing today? Fine and sexual, as always. <laughs> ah, you can find Jeff, myself, and our friend Dave on the Nothing Important podcast, talking to celebrities and folks who are more famous and more successful than we will ever be. You can also catch us. On It's Saw a Good Man, the Better, Better Call Saul podcast at It's Saw Goodman.com. All of our podcasts can be found on iTunes and wherever you listen to your podcasts. This podcast is kind of like a new venture for us. So, Jeff, it's kind of weird because we don't have Dave with us. Uh, but we, we're striking out somewhat on our own to talk about Rick and Morty. Yeah, and I think it'll be uh, a fun experience since Dave will join us on other episodes because he's never seen the show. So we'll right. get that insight of someone who has no idea what's going on on one of the craziest shows on television. Exactly. Uh, before we get going, make sure that you download the TV Showtime app on your smartphone. TV Showtime, it helps you track the TV shows that you watch. You can rate actors, episodes, you can uh, post on the forum, you can upload pictures, and of course you can find some of our podcasts there. The It's a Good Man podcast under the Better Call Saul section, and... A Plumbus Among Us under the Rick and Morty section. So we're excited to be a part of it. Please do us a favor and check it out. It's uh, it's really, really cool. I, I play with it all the time. And I got to be honest, at first I didn't think I would, Jeff, but I find myself uh, checking it out all the time. It's, it's actually a lot of fun, especially if there's TV shows that are you, you're really into. Yeah, myself too. I catch myself just checking, honestly, just for the conversations that happen. Uh, about mm-hmm. the episodes and about the podcasts that happen and checking out the uh, stupid memes that people post because they are kind of fun. <laughs> Absolutely. And the Rick and Morty forum is about 150,000 people strong, so make sure you join <laughs> other like-minded Rick and Morty fans and download the TV Showtime app. So today we're talking about episode 301 titled The Rick Shank Redemption. The Rick Shank Redemption. Yes. Always impressed how they could fit the word Rick into just about any word. <laughs> yeah, it, well, and they do that with most, episode, most episodes, not all of them, but mm-hmm. uh, it, usually everything has a Rick in it. <laughs> yeah, uh, like the, you know, uh, don't be Rick-diculous. <laughs> it's yes. So, it's so asinine. <laughs> what, I, what, I, what I think I like the show is it does a lot of things that I would hate and just about every other show, but it seems to work very well for Rick and Morty. Uh, like, for example, like Toilet Humor? Yes. You know me, I've talked about that before on, on various different shows. Like, I, I think, like, fart jokes and stuff like that are a cheap laugh, but for some reason, on Rick and Morty and South Park, it, it just seems to work so much better than, like, even Family Guy, in my mind. It's almost that they, they tastefully put the fart joke in uh, to <laughs> right. make sure that, because it fits with the character and it fits with whatever else is going on in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you It's don't not just be there crass. for a laugh. You exactly. don't want to be crass when you're doing a fart joke. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. All right. Episode 301, The Rick Shank Redemption. Kind of a crazy episode because they dropped it on April 1st, April Fool's Day. Everybody thought it would be a big joke. It wasn't. And I guess the biggest April Fool's joke involved in all this is that it opened up without an explanation of how Rick got out of jail. Yeah, and they spend, what, 20 seconds explaining that right at the beginning (laughs) when they're all sitting at the Shonies. Yeah, oh, that's how I got out of space prison. Oh, what a scary place. (laughs) Yep. Who'd want to watch an old man put together things out of, or he made up, out of household items? (laughs) Yeah, the, uh... Yeah, sci-fi tools to take out highly trained guards, <laughs> highly trained Ex- alien guards. <laughs> exactly. I also enjoyed the fact that it starts out in a Shonies, because mm-hmm. the only re- yeah. the only reason I ever remember Shonies personally is their breakfast buffet. Was it good? Yeah, actually, it was pretty good, and that's the only time <laughs> I ever ate at a Shonies ever was for breakfast time. 
Beyond that, Sony's I don't know what like other things I have. Shoney's is one of those mythical places to me where, like, I know it exists. I've just never seen one. Much like, uh, much like Ohio. Like, I know it exists. I've just never seen it. Right, and you've even been through it. Yeah, but physically, <laughs> physically. I I didn't quite get at first where they were going. Where uh, Rick requests that Jerry fold himself twelve times. Yeah, uh, it's because he was trying. Obviously, we found out a couple seconds later that Rick was testing out. He was how. What type of sim? Uh, sim- Sorry, Rick was testing out what kind of simulation he was in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and the yeah, context I, I like of the simulation. It, I like how he could only do it six times. It's like folding the newspaper; you can't do it more than seven times. He could only do it six right. times, and that was very unimpressive to Rick. Yes, uh, and obviously showed that uh, Nathan Fillion's character from what yeah, Castle and uh, Firefly and all that kind of stuff, uh, his bug person. From the Intergalactic Federal Council? Yes. Which, you know, he complained to him uh, directly about it. Nathan uh, Fillion, that guy has a very smooth voice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, like the butter that goes on your pancakes at breakfast mm-hmm. at Shoney's. <laughs> exactly. So, pretty much, well, Rick Rick is in the brain. It turns out he's in a simulation in the Brainalyzer, which uh, another thing about the uh, series that I really enjoy is the um, cheap and almost stupid names that they always come up for for everything, like the Brainalizer. <laughs> yeah, they're almost the, the cheapest knockoffs that you can actually have. And even the names mm-hmm. that they make up for alien stuff, like Blemfarks for money. <laughs> Blemfarks is just a stupid word. Obviously a stupid thing that's just made up. Right. Uh, but but right, they fit but... they fit enough, and no one bats an eye. Mm-hmm. So as they're going out, Cornelius, Daniel, and Rick are sitting there chatting, and, and <laughs> Rick kind of starts taking control, and he's like kind of amusing himself as um, Cornelius Daniel's taking a drink out of the coffee, and the ass appears, it keeps farting in his face, and <laughs> Cornelius, <laughs> Cornelius, it keeps trying to restart. He's like, you know what I like about you, Rick? Fart. And then he's like, what? Yeah, what I was thinking about? Fart. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I Like I said, I usually don't like uh, toilet toilet humor but it seems to work so well this episode and for me one of my favorite lines was when it zooms out and there's the other bugs like monitoring the situation the general bug wants a status report he's manifested some sort of butt (laughs) (laughs) so dumb (laughs) some sort of butt not just a butt or a weird butt some just some sort of butt yeah Just in general, so great, so great. You know, I was thinking because uh, this is a uh, this is a Plumbus Among Us, and I thought of several other um, <laughs> names that this podcast could have been like um, like ninety seven years or like shut the fuck up about Moon Men was another yeah. one I kind of bantied around. <laughs> but um, uh, some sort of butt would have probably been a good one too. <laughs> some yes, some but it would have to be pronounced some sort of butt. Yes. <laughs> Uh, uh, then we go to the house where the whole family's in there eating their uh, pill rations and uh, Jerry's looking awful snazzy in his work uniform he's been promoted like six times even though he has no idea what uh, what he does for a living but you know it's nice to see that Jerry's kind of getting his shit together yeah and he's oh, what four or five medals he has uh, <laughs> as though he is very important for no good reason because yeah, he is important for no good reason his his shoulders are all square. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, he has purpose, man. You can see it. He's glowing. You can just yeah, see he has it a, in him. He finally has purpose. He has a confidence that he hasn't had in other episodes because mm-hmm. people believe in him for to do nothing, essentially. Yeah, he has that, pretty much everything he ever wanted. You know, respect from his family, a job, no Rick, and I mean a yeah. fucking ro- robot butler, Conroy. <laughs> yeah, and Conroy's very uh, Mister Belvedere esque. In mm-hmm. his the way he treats people, even up to when he forces the pills down Morty's throat. Very Mr. Belvedere move there. Beth starts telling Summer how she needs to respect her father because, you know, she you know, Summer's like, Oh man, Rick wouldn't put up with this and they're all pounding the table. It's like you need <laughs> you need to respect your uh you need to respect your father. And she makes the comment that horses now live longer than tortoises. The yeah, uh, Galactic Federation must really love horses if they made pills to make sure that they live longer than tortoises. Well, she's also shit-faced, so mm, we can't true. forget that. She's shit-faced on wine. And then well, in um, a reflection of the first episode, Summer runs off 
with a yeah. stupid comment about why she runs off. I just want you to care if I run away yelling. <laughs> Ex- yes, exactly. I another correlation to the first episode uh, that I noticed is in the first episode, they uh, when anybody makes a point, they were, they like kind of pound their fist on the table as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, and it it's, starts out again with the dinner scene, just like the first episode mm-hmm. did. So uh, yeah, really, you know, th- this whole thing, this whole episode, is a callback to the original pilot. Yeah, which which is uh which is great. It's, it's very well done. But do you think that I like to me when I'm sitting there watching it, it seems uh, something about the character models themselves actually seemed a little bit better, like a little bit more refined than they typically were. I don't know if they're using like a new computer program to draw it or what, but I feel like the models have been refined just a bit. Yeah, and you'll see. I. I have noticed that, uh, especially having watched uh, the the first season recently, mm-hmm. that everything does go a lot smoother. But you see that with a lot of shows. I mean, you saw it on The Simpsons. You see it on South Park. You know, as they get going and they actually have a budget because they have fans uh, that you know <laughs> <Right>. they, <laughs> they update them. their their uh, their animation style. You're making that sweet vinyl figurine collectible money. Oh yeah. Which apparently that's all Barnes and Noble sells now. It's like it's like they got rid of most of their books just to have shelves and shelves of vinyl figurines. Well, that sounds profitable. What a great business model to switch from books to action figures and have an entire mm-hmm. store just dedicated to collectible action figures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, smart move, especially in the internet age, man. Uh, exactly. Amazon taking over. <laughs> Back at uh, Shoney's, uh, the bugs are trying to reason with Rick and want to visit his memories. Rick kind of like smart ass gives him the choice like well what do you want to see like my first boner or <laughs> or when I invented inter interdimensional uh, travel and his little and flappy doodle started twitching <laughs> yeah he, he was aroused yeah he was, he was definitely aroused yeah yeah I love how matter uh, matter of factly it, it was too like it's arousal uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> the whole tough titty line was great too which uh, is gonna break first mm-hmm. myself or the titty. Yeah, <laughs> or I love the two memories that sandwich the portal gun creation, um, where he was <laughs> yeah. on nine eleven, and his favorite sports blooper. And uh, there was actually a lot in the little in the background there. Just some things I noticed: uh, the team on their jersey is yeah. just named Team. <laughs> it just says right. Team. Well, it's a generic sports blooper, mm-hmm. uh, and you you can tell it's not even that funny. So I question Rick's uh, sense of humor if that's his favorite one. I mean that's. It's actually pretty bad as far as sports hooplers <laughs> go. Yeah, because it's just uh, one guy trips over the other, the ball bounces off the ground, and lands in his glove. There are so much better sports bloopers. Yeah, exactly. I, I would like, expect more of Rick, but then again, Rick's probably not a sports fan, so maybe he just sees them mm-hmm. here and there. I made it a point to listen to the episode, too, with a pair of headphones on as I was watching down the train, and I kept rewinding the part where it zooms out and nine uh, eleven Rick is watching 9-11 on TV. And I believe he says something to the effect of they're going to use this to take away our freedoms, right? Freedom. Is that yep, what he says? That's what, I, that's what I got out of it, too. Yeah. Because he's grumbling the whole time, and you can't really hear it over the dialogue. But, yes, he, um, I guess, effectively predicts, if you want to call it <laughs> that, that they are going to use 9-11 to take away our freedoms. Next, we're in the garage with uh, Summer and Morty. Uh, Summer's kind of freaking out because she wants uh, Grandpa Rick back because to her, he's a hero. Um, she she starts like you know there's got to be a lever around here somewhere. She sees dead flies on the um, on the workbench, and turns out she was spot on, man. She she was there. She just didn't have the right combo down, which seems mm-hmm. absolutely insane. But she was 100 percent spot on. Yeah, and which you it, it's also something dumb that you wouldn't even think about. Uh, what what gets me is the evolution of the summer of summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, how she at the beginning she was totally a non-character and then as she slowly introduced to the odd world of rick and morty's adventures you know like now this is her life right whereas morty just kind of wants the hell out of it that's that's one that's good, that's good uh that's good observation one of the things that i really like from the beginning of the show is um for some reason i had it in my head this would be one of those things where like the grandpa takes the the grandson on adventures but they somehow manage to hide it from the entire family yeah but instead it's it's very much out in the open that they just go on these crazy space adventures and it's just generally accepted that all of this is possible <laughs> yeah and and it's with the exception of Jerry, it's okay. Right. That it just kind of happens. 
Right. So I think that's a, like a lot of the charm of the show for me is they don't treat it like it's they leave at the beginning of the episode, come back and nobody's the wiser. I like the fact that it has like, quote unquote, real life repercussions and everybody's aware of what's going on. That's I, I think that's one of my favorite aspects about the show. Right. And nobody dies except when they die and then they have to be killed in a different dimension. Mm hmm. <laughs> um. Another thing I noticed about this episode is Summer's hair gets must, and there's uh, some bangs that hang down and stay like that for the rest of the episode. And since I always notice little stuff like that, I wonder if that's going to be part of her character model uh, going forward, if that'll just be like a slight change to her, is uh, the hair like kind of drooping down on the side of her head. Yeah, as though it's kind of like an evolution of her mm-hmm. going forward, uh, just like we mentioned earlier, you know, the evolution of her wanting to be with Rick. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's that same piece going mm-hmm. on in there morty reminds summer that there's a dead rick and morty in the backyard using ghoulish overkill ghoulish overkill <laughs> <laughs> and summer uh heads off to dig the scene then the scene cuts and rick and uh, cornelius daniel are driving they stop by mcdonald's get the szechuan sauce pull up to his garage now it looks like apparently we are going to get the origins of rick and i like how he just nonchalantly for whatever reason just mentions like yeah, I, I used to wear blue pants. <laughs> right. Uh, it was also fun to me, like, when they switched to that uh, right before when they leave Shoney's originally, mm-hmm. that, <clears throat> that they say, uh, Rick, make sure to mention I'm driving, which means that he knows that he's already in control of the whole simulation. Mm. Ah! <laughs> nice. Not nice, that he's actually nice. getting driving the car, which he is also. Yeah. Mm, so that's that brings up a good point because before we move on to the next scene, well, I, I'll get back to that in a second. But yeah, driving that's that's a good point. So I'll get back to that in a sec. Um, then it cuts back to the front yard or back to the backyard. Morty and Summer are digging, and uh, Summer retrieves a portal gun from Rick Skeleton, who who still has spiky hair. <laughs> Skeleton does. Well, hair doesn't decompose on a body. Mm, I guess so. that's true. It's still styled though. I like how it's still yeah, styled. Well, even well, that, it's because even- Rick's stylish. Probably uses a lot of, a lot of gel or something. This made me think back to uh, you have a love affair with movie series we all know and love, Back to the Future. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And there's also there's always a discussion among the three movies how at any given time how many DeLoreans there actually are because of the hopping back and forth. Yeah. So do you think that there will be a similar thing in Rick and Morty? Because, you know, she pulls up a portal gun, right? So, like, conceivably, there could be two portal guns in one dimension. Well, we've we've seen, obviously, uh, later on in that that scene uh, where they're watching the, quote, origin of Rick, that Mm. another Rick shows up with a a larger, obviously, um, older model portal gun. Mm -hmm. You know, and so Rick C-130, what, 136? 137. Uh I I can't remember, believe I didn't remember that. Uh, Rick C-137 <laughs> has made a better version of that. And, and it's the same version that they dig up, that Summer digs up. So it must be a similar Rick, obviously, uh, that they had to kill back in Season 2. Mm. You know, a lot of the Ricks have portal guns. I guess I, I was just trying to think, is, is it possible for there to be two C-137 portal guns in the same dimension? Uh, I would guess it's probably... They were running on parallel kind of time, which is why mm-hmm. the worlds were so similar. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Rixie 137, and I forget which dimension it was uh, that they had to kill, uh, that Rick and Morty, but they were running along such similar timelines that they were just as advanced mm. together. That, that'd be my guess. Mm. Well, hopefully somebody out there could uh, provide us with a theory. I, what I'm kind of hoping for this is that, that people eventually start drawing like graphs and crazy shit like <laughs> like in back to the future and we just oh, get like all these the, like yeah the eight timeline theory mm-hmm. uh, if yeah. you've ever seen that graph online no it, it has to do with every single time that the delorean jumps backwards in time creates a new timeline because mm-hmm. now you've changed the future by going back ah. and every little thing you do you have a butterfly effect and i ah. believe it was either eight or 12 times the delorean goes back in time at some point mm-hmm which then causes a skew in the timeline, even though they might end up looking similar. Technically, it's a brand new timeline because now all the events have changed by the new people showing up. Ah, so gotcha. th- the same thing could happen in Rick and Morty if they're manipulating time when they're jumping through dimensions. 
but they don't really manipulate time at all, do they? They, they just kind of it's it's because I thought I remember seeing like an interview or hearing an interview or something where they said the the because if you look in the garage, there's a box that says time travel stuff. And it just yeah. looks like a bunch of junk in the box, and the producer's reasoning for that is is because time travel creates so many issues with trying to keep track of everything at that in that universe. Time travel has just already been, um, you know, has already been deemed unfeasible. So, so like all the yeah. shit in the box will just stay in the box because it's not even worth looking into anymore. Well, I think it's also a callback to the original Rick and Morty things, because uh, the original Rick and Morty sketch that got it yeah, uh, yeah. to go to pilot was based on Back to the Future, mm-hmm. which is a time travel yeah. time travel concept. Conroy tries to confiscate the portal gun from uh, Summer and Morty, and very clever, using the portal gun to try to escape, and they go through the portal, and they end up going back to... It's the dimension from... That they went back and th- that's where they were originally from and had to kill the ones. Right, uh, okay. So, so yeah, so yeah they, they go through the portal on the ground and they end up back in, uh, w- which I guess is now just a Cronenberg world. Yeah. Which is, I which I guess would be back maybe C-137, but it's Rick well, from it, C-137, but we don't know if he's originally from that timeline or not, so I guess the most accurate way would be Cronenberg, Cronenberg world, right? I guess that's an easy way to describe it. I would, uh, since both the Rick and Morty define themselves as Rick and Morty C-137 to mm-hmm. officials, if they originally came from 137 and then ended up destroying that timeline and then going to a different dimension, they would be, that would be uh, where everyone's Neanderthalic and that that would, that should be dimension C-137. Cronenberg world should be C-137. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so, but see, but then there's always the possibility that they had done this before because Rick made it sound like he he has done this before. So I guess there's no real guarantee that that is C-137 because although the Rick we follow is Rick C-137, it's, it's kind of hinted at, because it's kind of hinted at that he's done, that he's pulled the move before where he, you know, like zaps into another another dimension that's so similar to his own, he can continue with his life. So maybe yeah, we exactly. Sh- so yeah, okay. So we'll do, so maybe we'll we'll just go with Cronenberg World. Plus yeah, that it's works. just kind of funny to see Cronenberg World. Yes. So they go to Cronenberg World, and then they uh, they drop through briefly to Butt World. <laughs> yes, yeah, just really for a minute. Know. Yeah, just for a moment. You know, just to say, hey, this was the thing at one point in this series. Bunch of asses. Uh, episode one hundred and one. Yep. Yeah, see, again, another another callback, I guess, to episode 101, saw the butt world. Uh, Conroy pulls him out, and, of course, there's the classic, uh, you know, Conroy looks like he's going to kill him. And then from somewhere off screen, the, our heroes are miraculously saved by an as-of-yet-unseen person, and it happens to be uh, Barbarian Summer, I guess. She's kind of buffed I'd say up. That, yeah, that's a pretty good description. Uh, who also owns the pink top. Yeah. <laughs> so... Even even in dire even in dire and extreme circumstances, women could take time out to uh, to admire each other's fashion. Yes, exactly. Or judge each other. Yeah, pretty much judge each other. <laughs> totally, totally. Always, always judging. Always judging. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cuts back to the garage. Rick, uh, Rick explains. Um, Rick explains to Rick about becoming the infinite Rick, and since they're infinite of him. That would make him the most powerful being, or the at least the most intelligent being in the universe, because there's essentially no end to Rick's. Right. Mm-hmm. And that leads the Rick that showed up to explain how he could be infinite Rick to mm-hmm. be threatening. Mm-hmm. And, you know, pretty much set the whole course for the, uh, if this is a true origin, which we don't even know that. Right. Uh, since it turns out to be a, a simulation by Rick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that it uh, it kind of loops in on itself that Rick creates Rick by being Rick, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, because he, he's the first and last person to create internet interdimension uh, interdimensional travel, right? Right. Um, I like I like the Rick that we follow. I guess C one thirty seven. He's standing in the background, kind of pinching his nose. Throughout the series, they, they sprinkle little bits of, of humanity in Rick, even though he's like a giant asshole by all accounts. But they like to yeah. sprinkle a little bit of motion there. And I was like, oh, you know, he, he's actually, 
He's actually uh, really upset, but then when you find out this is all just a simulation and a made-up origin story, the second time watching it, he's he's sitting there with you know pinching the bridge of his nose, and I was like, oh, you know what? Like maybe he's just concentrating really hard because he has so many balls in the air just trying to get the story straight. Yeah, uh, and I took that away too. Uh, the later though, a few moments later, uh, when the bomb eventually drops, when mm-hmm. the other Rick drops the bomb and. Uh, kills his wife and Beth uh, from mm-hmm. that year. Uh, Diane is his wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do see him in the background drop to his knees, as though that is something that affects him. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't want to see that. So uh, th- again, that shows that that piece of humanity that he did not want to see such a terrible thing happen to his family. Because deep down, he does care about Diane and Beth. We're back to Cronenberg world and the family breaks the portal gun because it smells of Rick <laughs> and they want, they want to keep Morty. I guess that's good. Get their Morty back. Uh, but they right. want to kill the additional summer. Of course, the console Rick's hop in just in time to save them. And I love when I guess the feral Smiths <laughs> are all, frozen. Yes. the feral Smiths are all frozen. The council of Rick's justice squad are like, we're going to find Rick. Yeah, it's like, SEAL Team Ricks. No, this isn't SEAL Team's Ricks because this is the council that it, it's like it's like their guard. It's like their it's like the yeah, council but, of Rick, uh, but it's they not refer Se- to the they refer to themselves as SEAL Team Ricks. No, I thought SEAL Team Ricks is when they were all ramboed out at the end of the episode because these guys mentioned that they're going to send SEAL Team Rick. Well, maybe is, is that actually SEAL Team Rick? And then they're just I thought uniform? I thought that they called themselves SEAL Team Ricks. Uh, I wrote it down. Um, Maybe okay. I'm wrong. It's very possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it goes back to what we were saying about the episode names, that they mm-hmm. just try to fit in the word Rick wherever mm-hmm. they can. Mm-hmm. So SEAL Team Rick's like SEAL Team 6 that killed Osama bin Laden. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. So I, uh, for whatever reason, I thought this was like uh, just like another version of like the militant Ricks because I thought they mentioned that they're going to send SEAL Team Ricks to find Rick. And someone was like, booyah! And then they're like, and then assassinate him. He's like, boo nah. <laughs> <laughs> great writing on that i love it it's so yes. simple it's so simple but it conveys exactly what needs to be conveyed back at the garage everybody gets exploded cornelius daniel is like man this sauce is amazing <laughs> exactly and, and that points to or that's kind of a setup for mm-hmm. the rest of the the rest of the the arc that's going through the episode is that even even he is enamored by the sauce <laughs> mm-hmm. you know it having must- never had it before I, I've never had it before, but uh, apparently uh, everybody thinks it's amazing just because of Rick and Morty. So, <laughs> so McDonald's yeah. is really missing out on an opportunity for some easy money if they don't if they don't go go all out and bring back the Szechuan sauce. Absolutely, Rick creates a memory where it's like the formula for the gun, and Cornelius Daniel takes a picture, but it's actually just a virus that uh, Rick creates. Um, clever writing. I, I really liked how that was done. Yeah. And everyone was all happy that they finally had the the secret way to uh, to use portals uh, and dimensional portals. There's a lot of happiness, and then it turns out Rick is just gaining more control over everything, <laughs> which he already had. Yep. So he, he takes over. He transports out. Rick pretty much takes over the simulation. They go back to Sony's. Rick demands to be transported out. And I do like in the flash of him being, I guess, vaporized, I guess. What would that be? Like, uh particleized or whatever like whenever yeah. you know yeah transported whenever you can see his wiener which is nice <laughs> i did not notice that yeah i will have and to go double check that i don't know why i did but i was just sitting there watching and i always notice like little tiny details and you know there's a like bright dicks. flash behind him so <laughs> <laughs> like dicks you know there's a yeah. bright flash behind him so you see the silhouette of his body and uh you can see his wiener <laughs> oh so well nice so uh, something for uh, something for you folks to look out for next time you see this episode. Then uh, Rick, you know he's in he's in a bug, and I love that he's talking about the bug. He's like, "Well, I'm just a dumbass bug." <laughs> and, this- and this is also the first time that after he just very much blatantly says what's going on and what's going to happen, that mm-hmm. he just says, "I have to take a shit." Yeah, well, I'm gonna go and take a dump. What's level nine's bathroom coat? <laughs> right. <laughs> and then that's when the SEAL team Ricks jump in. And then it just kind of goes haywire from there because Mohawk Rick kills our Rick's body. Then Bug Rick takes over Mohawk Rick, who then kills SEAL Team Rick. Yes. 
And what I'm always amazed about it is you would think on paper, because every time they do this, like body switch, you, you would think on paper, like you would lose track of it. But I was, I'm always amazed in this episode how easy it is to actually keep track of the Rick that we're following. Yeah, even though sometimes the, the switch like this one uh, from Bug Rick to Mohawk Rick mm-hmm. is a flash. Uh, it's, it's just really quick when it happens. And if you're just paying attention to the action, you totally could miss it. Mm-hmm. But you'd still be able to follow it. I feel even if you miss like yeah, the, like the, yeah, the gunshot. Yeah, totally. It's it's just the the production is just so incredibly, incredibly well done. Um, and uh, Rick, his biggest lament is that he didn't get to he didn't get to give the robot dick a test drive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, to only to only have an insect dick for a little bit. Mm-hmm. For as old as Rick is, he has a hell of a sex drive. Yeah. Well, that's what keeps him young. Keeps him going. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We cut to uh, Morty and Summer. They're actually in the Council of Ricks. Lots of uh, lots of great great callbacks. The Citadel, and, yeah, the, the Citadel. Citadel of Ricks. Yeah, the Citadel of Ricks. Um, I love all the different Rick and Mortys, and even a Rick Morty or Morty Rick mm-hmm. in the background. Yes, which, as, uh, you know what I'm talking about. There was like a a, a Rick Morty hybrid in the background. Yes. Is there now? One thing that always confused me: at uh, why is Rick so gray? And his last name Sanchez, but the Smiths are all white as can be. Well, I guess Rick's old, so they're going <laughs> right. with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, because it, it, if he's a Sanchez, that means Beth would be a Sanchez, and mm-hmm. she's a total. She's blonde hair, blue eye or blue eyed. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it must be it must be whittled down recessive genes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, you know, it's just sad that in this day and age that even cartoons are not spared cultural appropriation. Quite sad. I know. Everyone's got to be Aryan. <laughs> um, I love the line, Ricks hate themselves the most, and our Rick is the most himself. Mm-hmm. That just like really stuck with me. I was like, wow, man, some of the writing is so fucking good. It's, once again, it's like people try to compare Family Guy to South Park, and I think those are two just totally incompatible comparisons. South Park is so far and above and beyond the writing of Family Guy that that outside of like maybe some use of crass humor, that's not even a fair comparison. But uh, yeah, exactly. I, I'd, I'd say Rick and Morty is closer to the level of South Park than Family Guy would ever be. Yeah, uh, it's because it's more calculated jokes uh, mm-hmm. or calculated humor that goes mm-hmm. on. Whereas your even your Simpsons nowadays and uh, your Family Guy is all non sequitur humor, mm-hmm. you know, coming out of nowhere. And, and granted, uh, you know, Rick and Morty has their fair share of coming out of nowhere with what's going on, but it still seems to just flow together. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it's just. Just well done. Testament to the uh, folks that wrote it. Mohawk Rick zips himself into, I guess, uh, Captain Captain Rick, who is apparently Commander-in-Chief of the Citadel of Rick's Militia. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which, fantastic title. It's good to see, you know, moving up. Yeah. Yeah. Move, uh, That'll yeah. do. Yeah, in a weird way, Rick is actually very much like, like Unity. <laughs> in in this like, episode, yeah. I guess in a way, like, you know, like... Well, now, uh, well, she's kind of a hive mind controlling multiple people, but there's so many Ricks, and Rick has been in so many bodies. There's uh, a lot of body jumping. Oh, that's that's what I was talking about, like jumping around with the bodies, like Unity and the Unity episode. Um, uh-huh. it, it's easy to keep track of what's going on, even though like it's it's one person jumping from body to body. Like just the way that they present it, and the way it's so well written that it's you don't get confused at all. And I, I'm just I'm just kind of in awe at that. I, I think that's very admirable, and I I think. Uh, it's impressive. It's very impressive. Yeah, everything everything smooth and boarded out well. Mm-hmm. If you want to call it that. Yep. Summer and Morty are having a hearing before the uh, the Grand Council of Ricks, and uh, we see Lawyer Morty, <laughs> who just kind of just kind of sucks. He's, he's like the he's the court jester essentially. Mm-hmm. He's just there because he's fun. Yeah, look at him go. <laughs> uh, uh, he Lawyer Morty also has an affinity for pogs. We find out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember Pogs. I, I still don't know how to play them, and I didn't know how to play them back then. But, man, everybody had Pogs. Some people even had Pog Makers. Yeah, because it means you cut out a disc out of cardboard. <laughs> and there was, like, a, the Slammers. Remember there was, like, yeah. the Slammers? And, and, like, it was pretty much just, like, a six-inch long cylinder of, I don't plastic? Of whatever the fuck. Or it was just, like, it was uh, looked like a normal Pog, but it was made out of metal. It looked like a big half-dollar coin. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Yeah, I uh, think stupid what, game. Basically, a stupid game. So they're in front of the Council of Ricks, uh, and they're being judged. And then Morty starts to vent uh, mm-hmm. that he's 
really trying to protect Summer, and that you know Rick should not be Summer's hero, as she's made him uh, throughout mm-hmm. the past few episodes. Right, he's he's not evil, but he shouldn't be. He's, he shouldn't be your hero either. Right, he's some kind of fucked up god or something. Right, <laughs> and then the line, you know, if if you think he's dead, he's alive, but if you think he's uh, harmless, he's coming for you. Exactly. Yeah, Rick's Which, a badass. He is. Then we catch back up with Rick and his escapades from uh, taking shits and causing havoc, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he, he's he's still Captain Rick, and Captain Rick teleports the Council into the space prison. Uh, very Watchmen comic book esque. Yeah, like right into the middle of it, Manhattan mm-hmm. style. Yep, blows uh, uh, just murders everybody. But you get to see some more great uh, Rick and Morty's. You know, you get you, uh, rest in peace, Hammer Morty. <laughs> yes, uh, Human Shield Hammer Morty. Mm-hmm. Yes, but you also got to see Pluto Rick. <laughs> which yes, is nice, yeah. <laughs> who also met an untimely demise. So. Uh, let us never forget Pluto Rick and Hammer Morty. Yes. Yep. Our Rick, uh, so Rick and Morty's dying everywhere. Chaos is ensuing. And, uh, finally the Grand Council of Ricks all have themselves locked in a room and unbeknownst to them, our Rick is among them. They're trying to figure out who's going to take, uh, who as a hostage. So the main guy kind of seizes, um, seizes Summer and they could play uh, Rick Laser Scissors to see who gets the Morty hostage. Right. And that's, that's when it's the grand reveal uh, that one of them is actually our Rick. And I love how with one fell swoop of his hand, he could spike his hair. <laughs> it goes yeah. From, well, Afro- from, a mo- from a mohawk with shaved sides back to complete spiky full head of hair. This creates a standoff. And, uh, you know, after the rest of the console Ricks are murdered by our Rick, there's like, I guess, presumably would be the head council men of ricks i'm not really sure what his yeah the grand ricks yeah yeah there you go the grand the (laughs) grand rick uh has summer the uh, standoff ensues and uh, i love how they banter back and forth about how the grand council rick is going to die but he just keeps uh mocking rick for loving his grandchildren right and we also need to point out that uh rick gave morty a gun Oh, yeah. Yeah, he gave him a gun. And I did see on that, uh, I did notice that there was something on it, like a bandage. Like, I, you know, there's the note yeah. where it says, during standoff, shoot me. But <laughs> when when it had, like, that little brief scene where he handed it to, to Morty and he's like, here, take this, I thought it was, like, a bandage <laughs> for some reason. And yeah, I, it just I, had a weird thing on the side of it, a weird flesh-colored mm-hmm. thing on the side of it, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was going to like go into like this big thing, how the gun is like going to fall apart or something like that, but uh, no, uh, I love how uh, this is like a, yeah, another time where Morty, coincidentally, basically what's going on is everybody starts attacking Morty because it, it appears as if Morty has fucked everything up. Like, yeah, and everyone out, starts coming down and berating Morty uh, mm-hmm. for, for being an idiot and giving away the, the master plan. Mm-hmm. But it's it's an all it's all a ruse to Rick, but it's real to everybody else, which makes it so much better when Morty finally loses it and shoots his Rick, thus completing the ruse. But it appears he he pretty much sealed the fate of everybody to finally just extract his revenge on his Rick. Yeah, and it, again, a, a testament to what actually is going on in Morty's head uh, from mm-hmm. earlier that he hates his existence. Mm-hmm. from having Rick be around for so long and essentially kind of ruining his life. Uh, you know, and <laughs> right? he finally he finally gets fed up with it mm-hmm. and with complete malice murders mm-hmm. murders our Rick not knowing that the the gun was a fake gun. Yeah, Rick kind of imposes uh, over the course of the series, Rick kind of imposes like some Daddy O5 levels of abuse. You know who Daddy O5 oh, is, yeah. right? Yes, yeah, yeah, who just lost all of his kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for those of you who don't know, Daddy05 is a YouTube uh, quote-unquote personality who made videos of him pretty much emotionally abusing his children under the guise of like he was pranking them. Yeah, right? but they, are, like, they were very Rick Sanchez pranks, meaning like they weren't funny to anyone <laughs> except him. <laughs> right, and in real life, he ended up getting his kids taken away. <laughs> yes. So, so Rick is like the original Daddy05. Exactly, or Daddy05. Watch too many Rick and Morty episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, the trio starts game planning of how they're going to topple the Empire. Uh, Summer suggests, you know, taking the nukes and coordinating them to destroy each other. 
uh, Morty, uh, you know, he's like, oh, well, you can, like, set the portals to disintegrate the space fleet. And um, Rick is like, well, uh, all great ideas. I'm almost proud. <laughs> yep. <laughs> just has to get one that, last dig in there. Can't, can't just yep, stop. That slight, that slight uh, very, very slight uh, pride and congratulations, but it still is a shitty way to say something. It's all backhanded. <laughs> yep. And essentially what his grand plan is, is that he's just going to make the, uh, the Empire's money worth absolute zero. Yeah. Which... We find out then that the money is called uh, right, Blimfark, or Blimfark, which is first introduced in the very first episode when they're walking through, uh, um, what's it called? Space Customs. Inter- interdimensional or Customs. Or intergalactic, yeah, intergalactic Customs. Uh, one of the people, one of the aliens, the first alien that Morty walks past when he's coming out of the bathroom after he shoved the seeds up his ass, uh, they, is talking about how someone doesn't understand uh, Blemflarks. Oh. <laughs> really? That's awesome. I didn't catch that one. That's a great callback. It's it's not really a reboot, but it, it's almost like a refocusing of the series. It yeah. It, with like Again, there's a lot of cyclical pieces that go along with this, because uh, mm-hmm. this, this also kind of mimics the chaos from uh, internet, or intergalactic customs mm-hmm. uh, that goes on after it's discovered that you know, uh, when Morty is supposed to be pulled through the secret check or the the random check, you know, and then they, mm-hmm. they run past and guns go ablazing with the same intergalactic bug type creatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, the head the head bug commits suicide. I love when his head splits open. It's like a jello mold and the jello just kind of plops everywhere. <laughs> yes. Uh, Maurice LaMarche from mm-hmm. lots of stuff, Pinky in the Brain and mm-hmm. Futurama and things. Yeah, uh, excellent voice work while he blows his head off. So, mm-hmm. It's the it's the height of uh, it's the height of voice acting. Apparently, exactly. Yes, yes, it is. Is a it's a good if you if you can act well. If if you can do a great job acting as if you've blown your head off, that that's the key to making it in voiceover work. <laughs> so the new classic line i can answer that for money <laughs> that's uh you know as yes. soon they're discussing like where they go from there and they're still trying to like fall into their own old roles and uh or their own uh, they're still trying to fall into their old roles because uh, it's just kind of all they know and uh um it, it it makes such a great point because really you know every everything is just all about the money dude yeah. All about the money, and it was you know nice parallel there to uh, uh, the Lehman Brothers collapse of two thousand eight when everything just kind of went to shit all in a moment, and everybody started running around panic. And mm-hmm. uh, I was there that day. I was <laughs> I wasn't like working for oh. Lehman Brothers, but uh, I was. Me and my wife were in New York City, and we were walking along, and Lehman Brothers had this giant building, and it was all like green neon on the outside, like kind of like something you'd see in Vegas. But as we okay. walked up to it. There was people running out of there with boxes full of papers and computers and files and briefcases and plants. <laughs> it it seriously looked like this scene, and we didn't know what was going on. We we because you know like this is like 2008, so you know you know 9/11 was only like seven years before, and you're in New York City, so you know there's always that there was that air of tension there for a while there for like the first right. ten years afterwards. And my wife and I we walk up on this and we're like. Uh, what what the fuck is going on? Was there like another? Was there a bombing or something? And then we we were there just as all the ATF and all the federal agencies kind of just all pulled up out of nowhere and formed a perimeter as uh, the people working in Lehman Brothers were looting the building. So it was a bombing of a different type. Just right, there. Yeah. <laughs> it was a financial <laughs> yeah. bombing. Yes. It was a financial bombing. So um, uh, so even though this is a sci-fi show. Uh, I witnessed in real life. That's exactly how people <laughs> react when shit goes. <laughs> when shit goes. When shit. Be, when when everything you know becomes worthless. That's exactly how people act. I was right there and witnessed it with my very own eyes. <laughs> well, congratulations to see uh, the very downfall and animalistic tendencies of humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was so. You know, it was a good times because then we went to uh, Potbelly Deli, got some meatball sandwiches, and continued our walk oh. up Manhattan. It was nice. <laughs> 
Oh, nice. Yeah. Sweet day. Um, <laughs> of all the places in New York, we pick Pot Belly Deli. <laughs> like, I, don't know <laughs> I do like when we see Earth, I guess our Earth and our dimension that we've been primarily following for the past couple of years. Uh, the humans rise from the sewer uh, to take back the surface world. <laughs> yes, led by the math teacher. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely hope that's the storyline that we, we continue to see is uh, kind of because it, it shows it shows uh, the bugs kind of shaping uh, shipping off right. all, all, the, all of the buildings and and spaceships and things are just trying starting to take off right uh, as the, Jerry crawls out of his office because uh, he's a huge <laughs> pussy yeah I like uh, he just kept crawling and it worked <laughs> yeah <laughs> he just which is essentially the story of Jerry's life mm-hmm yeah yeah um, I, I I like to see because there's got to be some stragglers even though even though uh, all the uh, space people have taken off. So I'd, li- I'd like to see like a B storyline of like these like vigilantes <laughs> of, of yeah. uh, characters we've already seen, like Principal Vagina, no relation. Of, uh, no relation. Like, yeah, like leading some sort of like resistance against like the stra- like, you know, kind of becoming like a, like a hit squad, <laughs> like tracking down I, the remnants of the government. Right. I, I honestly see it as next episode, 302, it, everything's just back to normal. You think so? In, in in sort of a true Rick and Morty fashion, it was everything went to shit. So this timeline Earth, mm-hmm. uh, or this dimension's Earth, just kind of goes back to normal <laughs> because they're no longer on the Blemfark or Blemflark currency. Mm-hmm. They switch back to United States dollars and such. Yeah, well, it'll be nice to see how the landscape changes too, because uh, since the uh, since the party at the end of season one. Uh, gradually over time, you saw like the crack where the house was pulled out of its foundation, kind right. of settle, settle back into the earth, but it's still askew enough, you know, because like that first episode back, it was still, you know, it obviously continued on the same day, but then throughout the second season, like you can see it kind of become a little bit less scarred, but it was still yeah. there, like, like you know, so when, when the crease in the uh, lawn disappeared, there was still a crack, you know, in the driveway and the sidewalk showing uh-huh. that, yeah. Um, so it'll be continuity. interesting to see, right? Yeah, the continuity of the show is amazing. So it'll be great to see how they, how everything evolves from here, as far as the scenery and uh, and even like just the culture of uh, of the people. Yeah, it'll, it, like I said, though, I, I'm just predicting that mm-hmm. it just kind of goes back to normal because yep. it's an easy ride out. Just like uh, explaining how Rick got out of prison, it's just yeah. an easy ride out. Mm-hmm. So we, we pick back up, uh, Jerry and Beth, uh, you know, have another moment where they kind of, uh, kind of, kind of like not really rekindle, but rebond because they're not really sure what happened. They just know that like, you know, Jerry kept crawling and it saved them and like everything has once again changed in their life. And of course, uh, Rick, Morty and Beth just kind of come through the portal <laughs> and, uh, very nonchalant. Yeah, very nice line. Nobody gives a shit. They're just like, oh, okay, well, they're back. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, Which we I just destroyed already... the galaxy. We just destroyed the Federation. No big deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> guess guess who took out the Empire or whatever he says. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he starts making demands. He wants beer, and then he wants, like, tequila or something like that. Uh, and vodka. Jer- vodka. Jerry starts telling him, like, no. like, And he makes some pretty solid points about why Rick shouldn't get his way anymore like it's pretty much him or rick and i mean that's you know coming from jerry that that's pretty solid point you know like like uh he's he's fucked so hard and it's funny because jerry tries to be the man of the house he just kind of gets run roughshod by beth and some well pretty much everybody right everybody but him and every time he takes a stand he just loses something else or becomes even more of an asshole yeah, his he continues to become impotent in his own household all the time. <laughs> Every time that he stands up, it's it's this small peak of of testosterone that he gets, mm-hmm. and then his testicles go away, mm-hmm. or and go farther away uh, than mm-hmm. they are. Uh, but I, you know, the confidence that he got by crawling away from his job that he has no idea what it is and was given all these promotions for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, also gave him and rekindling with Beth, uh, you know gave him a, a little confidence for a minute that he can actually stand up to Rick and tell Rick, no, you know, mm-hmm. we're not going to do this. Beth, you need to make a choice. You know, uh, do you want me around your, your new manly man? 
that I am or your father, who you've even said yourself, uh, abandons you. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's that awkward moment where they're, you know, kind of like at an emotional stalemate. <laughs> Beth mm-hmm. and Beth and uh, Jerry are just kind of staring at each other. Where do we go from here? Rick's just kind of, you know, excuses himself. And, uh, you know, uh, Summers, uh, they, they head to the garage. And it uh, turns out Beth was spot on about the flies. Uh, Rick goes out there mm-hmm. and just the flies. And even the posters on the wall mechanically descend into the floor <laughs> just to be right. replaced by a tool rack. <laughs> exactly. He has a very nice pegboard system uh, yeah. around there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that costs a pretty – you know, I've seen that at Home Depot. That's not, not cheap. It, it takes a little bit to set up, too, you know, mm-hmm. to do it right. Right. So. you got to have a good Sunday afternoon. Without distraction. Uh, oh, absolutely. And it helps to have a table saw. Yeah, <laughs> just saying. Of course. Of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, Summer runs off because her friends are uh, drawing and quartering uh, bugs in the schoolyard, and, and that's patriotic. And, right. And starting right there, uh, the whole rest of the scene becomes a callback to the end of episode 101. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? When Summer busts in and talks about uh, the, the school bully that she was in love with that got shattered. Because uh, he was frozen, you know, mm-hmm. she kind of pops in, says something, says something exclamatory, and everyone ignores it. Uh, <laughs> you know, or Rick says, "I don't know what you're talking about," uh, but you know, she kind of just leaves the scene, and then uh, that's when M- some- Morty starts to figure something out, well, and before- then he gets a speech. Well, Beth, Beth comes in and announces that. Her or Jerry's going to spend a little bit more time uh, divorced, <laughs> right? <laughs> but then it was weird because she's like, "Okay, well, I'm going to go make sure Jerry doesn't do anything stupid while he's packing his things." Like, so I, I wasn't really sure the way that it was said. I was like, "Is it like hinted that she's actually going to go like, uh, like uh, fuck him one last time?" Like, I, I really wasn't sure. I, I just, t- yeah, I just took from it that she's going to go in there and make sure he's actually leaving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, instead like, of being instead of pulling a pussy Jerry move and kind of just whimpering out of it and you know mm-hmm. sulking back to the bedroom uh, for the Victoria's Secret he keeps underneath the mattress mm-hmm. and, yeah and leg lamp yep yeah. and then we we get the call back because Morty uh, Morty's he has somewhere to be and uh, Rick stops him pushes him over you know accidentally or on purpose who knows knocks him over yeah. the vacuum cleaner and of course we get the epic. 97 years of Rick and Morty. We find out that his whole character arc, his whole story arc, is all about the uh, Cheswan sauce. And in the remaining 97 years of this show is going to amount to um, nine seasons. <laughs> yeah, nine seasons equals 97 years, which, and it's also a fun little thing, in the same tirade that uh, Rick gives Morty in the very first episode, mm-hmm. he mentions that it will be they'll be on going on for 100 years. Mm-hmm. This is three. Se- this is season three, so uh, presumably three years later. So he's he's ticking the clock mm-hmm. down to ninety seven yep. years now. Yep. And uh, the the part that caps it off for me is uh, he kind of goes on explaining about how he manipulated the mother and he took over the family. And since he brought down mm-hmm. the Federation, uh, Morty can't tell anybody because he's a hero. So who are they going to believe him or Morty? And right. uh, everybody's going to go on adventures. Uh, Summer. Morty, sometimes Beth, but never Jerry because he crossed me. <laughs> right. Right. And it's going to be the darkest year of adventures ever. Which, when you're thinking about it, given the past two seasons, mm-hmm. it's going to be fucked up. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's I'm already ho- pretty dark. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping so, though. You know, like the show is just so full of surprises. And I think it's because it, it's weird because it, it doesn't have any rules except for like the seemingly very strict rules that it has within itself, if that makes sense. Right. And, and obviously they do that or they can do that uh, with the interdimensional teleporting mm-hmm. and stuff. So they, they have a full full reign to do, honestly, anything they want. But they do keep a pretty, uh, pretty strict Bible about themselves, about what's happened, about what what mm-hmm. can go on. Uh, even like a dictionary of aliens and, mm-hmm. and alien words. Uh, you know, they they do stick to themselves quite well, mm-hmm. yep. uh, which is impressive in such a, a chaotic chaotic series. Yeah, and you know they haven't announced when episode three hundred two 
is going to come out, but it's sometime this summer. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. It should be some good summer viewing because who wants to be outside when the weather is nice? I'd rather be inside having a beer watching Rick and Morty. Yeah, gross. Outside is just <laughs> jacked up. There's like air and sunshine and stuff. Birds poop outside. No one outside. needs that bullshit. Birds poop outside. Do you want to yeah, sit where birds of, poop? Lots of stuff poops outside. It's mm-hmm. basically just a gigantic toilet outside. Right, yeah, exactly. So you're better off inside uh, with your air conditioner and your big screen TV. And where the poop stays in just certain places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in, in the poop house, <laughs> the poop <Right>. room. <laughs> <laughs> well, so yeah, 301, uh, initial impressions. Man, I probably watched it like five times now. Just just an absolutely great episode. And, yeah. Uh, the the fake out was so great because it just seems so cheap when, when right at the beginning it was like and that's how I escaped from space prison, <laughs> like, <laughs> yay, like, yeah, yeah, and and it almost seemed like you would never get a resolution to how he actually did it, but then this episode still gave closure and still explained exactly how he escaped from space prison. Right, exactly. Uh, whether you realize it or not, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it honestly took me a viewing or two to to put that circle back around. Yeah, because I think it flows so naturally. Because I, after I watched it the first couple times, maybe it's because I'm dense, but I was just like, well, okay, well, maybe at 302, they'll finally show how he really got out of space prison. And I'm like, son of a bitch. They did show how he really got out of space prison. He, <laughs> he, he teleported one, the Council of Ricks, into it and, and destroyed everything. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, and and it, I also didn't put that together because I took it as a, a classic Dan Harmon just throwaway. Right. At the beginning, and they're just going to say, fuck it, we don't want to dig into this because we have a new story to tell. And really, like within the first ten minutes, it shows how he escapes prison because the whole point of the flashback was to establish that he took control of the brainalyzer, and that's how he escaped prison. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so it's it's great, but I, th- I think that's just like, again, a testament to the writing because you sit there and you watch it, and um, like... You kind of get what go what what's going on, but everything seems so natural that there's nothing that's pointed out specifically. So you can have like these little like brain lapses because it doesn't like hit you in the face. Right, right. You really kind of even though it's a cartoon, you have to pay attention mm-hmm. if you really want to get down to the story of it. And yeah. uh, I I love shows like that that you actually have to pay attention to mm-hmm. a little bit because uh, you can pick up things, new things every time you watch it. No matter if I've I've probably seen it you know five or six times. Mm-hmm. Uh, hell, three times the, on April Fool's Day, just back to back <laughs> to back. Um, and But every single time you watch it, you can pick up on some little nuance, some little callback, mm-hmm. uh, some little foreshadow that you don't even think is going to be there. I always uh, I always pick up on like the the throwaways that are obviously recorded just because they need to fill some, some background noise. Like when the Citadel of Rick like, is in the room with Morty, Summer, and the rest of the council. Mm-hmm. of ricks and he announces it's c-137 guys and then it's like a murmuring crowd of ricks if you listen <laughs> to it the stuff that they're saying they're like oh no like he, he's gonna get us watch out for him guy it's like so generic <laughs> like and not even well acted it's just obvious that he just kept saying a bunch of stuff and they just layered it over and over to create the murmuring ricks right to sound the to make the sound of rubble, 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 rubble. Yeah, it's just like, oh no, he's gonna get us. Oh no, guys, what are we gonna do? <laughs> like, it's like without any <laughs> any real emotion or feeling. <laughs> it's just just there. Uh, absolutely love that about the show. So, absolutely excited for episode three hundred two. Uh, make sure to subscribe to A Plumbus Among Us, where Jeff and I will talk. All things Rick and Morty. We got a lot of fun things lined up. I am currently working with some people, maybe get some giveaways, uh, get some of the creators and actors on the show to call in. We'll chat with them. I'm excited to do this with with Jeff on the second mic. Usually it's me and my buddy Dave, but uh, this is me and Jeff's uh, first podcasting together. So Jeff, pretty excited to do this with you. Yeah, me too. Uh, it's, it's fun to be able to, to talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, those of you out there, please make sure to follow us on Twitter at A Plumbus Among Us. Uh, you can go to our website, nothingimportantpodcast.com. That'll give you a link to everything that we do. Uh, we have so many podcasts going nowadays. We uh, it, It's ridiculous. We have uh, Nothing Important, It's All Good Man, which is actually two podcasts because we have preview with a prior. But then if we get an interview, sometimes that could be yet a third. Better Call Saul podcast. Then, of course, we have A Plumbus Among Us. Uh, sooner or later, we'll probably get a legit 
website uh, for this specific podcast. Uh, in the meantime, subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Google Play. You can find us anywhere that you find podcasts, particularly the TV Showtime app, where uh, you can join the discussion, uh, rate the episodes, rate the actors, upload memes, and uh, chat and interact with over 150,000 other Rick and Morty fans. It's uh, just a great app, and uh, we're proud to be in partnership with them and doing the Rick and Morty podcast. Absolutely. And uh, next up, uh, since we don't have any episodes coming up, or we do, but we don't know when they're going to air, we're going to start back at the beginning. And Mm -hmm. we'll probably bring on Dave, Mm -hmm. uh, who has not seen the show uh, as a third mic, so he can experience it uh, from the beginning with us for the first time. Right, it'll be kind of fun, right? Because like I, I've watched probably episode every episode of Rick and Morty at least three or four times now, and yeah. it's going to be fun to have somebody come in green to such a layered TV show. Because I feel like even though I've seen them multiple times, I'm still seeing new things. Absolutely, yeah. I uh, yeah, just like I said before, it's one of those things that has rewatchability because there's just so many things. Uh, they're happening in the background, or you can pick up as foreshadowing if you've already mm-hmm. seen the episodes. Yeah, it, it's it's a very well-written show. Absolutely. So, can't wait to share that with you guys. Please make sure to send your thoughts, your impressions, your ideas. Tell us why we suck. Tell us why we're awesome. We're all good with that. Uh, NothingImportantPodcast.com. It's allgoodman.com for our other shows. And until then... Shut the fuck up about Moon Man. Yeah.